Hello. I am delighted and surprised to see so many of you here today. And I'm also delighted and surprised to see myself here today because for most of my 42 years, I've been a rather ragey atheist. <laughs> and then one day, I decided to embark on a deep decluttering process where I kept only what I loved and let go of the rest. It turned out I didn't like a great many things in my house. It also turned out that I disliked listening to the news every day. And I disliked the career I chose for myself. And I disliked the husband I chose for myself. And I disliked choosing to drink a lot, <laughs> many days a week. And I also realized that I didn't like the way coffee made me feel anxious even when there was no cause for anxiety. And with each thing that I let go, I be began to feel more and more guidance showing up in the exact right place at the exact right time, calling a friend right when they needed to hear from me. Where were these intuitive hits coming from? It was like insider trading. Life edition, except it benefited everyone. And so that's what got me looking into spirituality, the New Age variety, of course. It never occurred to me at this time to look to the church, which has lost and confused me long ago. But not long into my spiritual readings that one of these books said, so Jesus said, and I was like, hold on. You guys are into Jesus too? And so that's how I found out that Jesus was a great and respected teacher of enlightenment. He spoke in parables so that everybody could hear him on their own level. And for those who weren't ready to hear any of it, they just heard intriguing but odd stories about wedding feasts, oil lamps, and honestly fairly dodgy instructions about how to wash cups. According to Jesus, if you clean the inside of the cup, the outside will also be clean. If you own a restaurant, I suggest that you don't hire Jesus to wash dishes. You're going to fail inspection. But that's how it came to be that I, at the age of 38, turned and actually read the Bible, the New Testament, Gospels at least, and I was very surprised at what I found there. No, not the new old Gospels that they found in the desert, which are much more metaphysically sassy. In the regular old Gospels, it says, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is within. I have to say, I was very surprised. I was like, people have been reading this. And in a world where trees are supposed to be known by their fruits, I felt like I didn't see many fruits that led me to believe that people have really absorbed this message. And, but I feel like that message is so important to today's gospel. Jesus says not to lay up our treasures on earth, but in heaven. Yet, if we forget that heaven is within then heaven sounds like some kind of metaphysical attic where you store up your good deeds for use in the afterlife. 
while at the same time being mildly miserable with those same decisions in your life now. So I feel like a good example of that is when past generations have, you know, somebody gets married early in life and they want to leave, but they made an oath and they stay in it even though they wanted to leave three years in. And they feel like they're doing the right thing, but at the same time, they grow to resent everybody who's following their calling and loving who they were meant to love in however they choose to do it. So that's how a good thing, when it's not centered and coming from within, can turn into a bad thing. Interestingly enough, I find that secular people have the same attic. It's just called trying to be a good person. We do things that we think are right and good instead of the things we're led to do. I used to try to be a good person. I didn't do a very good job, but still. And I believed in working hard and being a contributing member of society. Um, This was in the before time. And at the time, I had a job downtown. And I used to bike to this job from two miles away where I lived. I left before 9 a.m. and assumed that when I left, everybody else went to work also. And then one day, I needed to get my car because I had to drive to a meeting far away. So I came home midday to find everybody's cars were still there. And I got so mad. And I was like, am I the only one who works around here? I was mad at my poor blameless neighbors which is so comical to me that I, the person who went on to host a brunch on Mondays for the differently employed, would be so mad. So what changed? Well, first of all, I stopped working 40 hours a week, as was the fashion in those times. But also, <laughs> but also I started doing what I loved. And I thought I liked my job okay, but I didn't realize that I was being called to something that I would love doing so much that I wouldn't care if I was the only person on earth with a job. And I couldn't hear the universe calling me because I was too busy having clutter in all aspects of my life. And so I was just mad for no reason. All I had to do was let go of the clutter. But we do love our clutter, don't we? Even though Jesus tells us not to lay up our treasures on earth when moth, where moth and rust destroy. And I believe if he lived in East Tennessee, mold would have made the list. <laughs> so if you choose to ignore Jesus and lay up your treasures on earth, please do so in an air-conditioned space. <laughs> but... Why does he not want us to lay up our treasures on earth when it seems to bring people so much joy? And I would say, as I love timely examples, that in 1929, when the U.S. stock market crashed, many of the formerly wealthy businessmen jumped off of buildings, forsaking their life along with their wealth. They had put their treasure into wealth, but it didn't have to be that way. They could have chose to go on to be 
hobos. But they couldn't imagine that because at the time, all of their friendships might have been based on their wealth, the way they saw themselves. And they probably look down on other people who are less fortunate. And so they couldn't imagine being hobos. They couldn't imagine riding trains, eating beans, sleeping under the stars, helping kindly widows mend fences, or drawing little chalk triangles on things. They mean different things, you see. So they died. But do you guys think Matthew McConaughey would kill himself if he lost his fame and fortune? No way. I don't believe it for a second. The man knows that the kingdom of heaven is within. And, you know, I believe that his treasure, he knows his treasure is already packed and he can go anywhere. I feel like if that happened to him, he would just say, all right, well, that's over. I guess, and then move to like Van Horn, Texas to make drug sculptures. So... Today, we're here to celebrate the Feast of St. Bridget. And I think that even though we're not all Matthew McConaughey, unfortunately, because I'd love to meet him, we can choose our inspired actions over the fear of losing our wealth. And I think that no matter how broke we feel, Jesus spoke to all of us when he speaks, speaks to all of us when he speaks of wealth. Most of us fear losing our homes and we hold on to whatever wealth we do have, no matter how modest it is. And we're scared. I know I was. I was scared to set out on a new path. I was scared to set out towards the new life that was calling me because I was afraid of what I might lose, even though that other path might actually offer more wealth in its many forms. So, on the Feast of St. Bridget, to me, I mean, St. Bridget stands for so much, but what speaks to me the most is the way that she represents the marriage between the nature-worshipping Druids and the authentic teachings of Jesus and sees them as perfectly compatible. Her name and her legend are intertwined with, the Bridget, with Bridget, the earth goddess. And today, the earth is in trouble. And I believe at least part of the reason is because we are like the 1920s businessman. Collectively, we had made our wealth our treasure instead of life itself. And when we try to help the earth from this place, we frequently end up doing more harm than good. We don't know what we're doing. We're trying to wash the cup on the outside. But I believe there's a higher intelligence that knows exactly what to do if we're just brave enough to do it. And that it's speaking through each of us about what we should do. And has a role for us to play, no matter how wacky or clinically depressed we may feel. We each have a job, and it's going to feel, and I believe it's going to feel fun if it's the right thing. 
And I believe that if we can clear out the various kinds of clutter from our lives, that we can begin to hear this voice. So in the end, it turns out that if you clean the cup on the inside, the outside will also be clean.